Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. excited but um yeah the matt pastor matt and jill um they mean so much to us um they're amazing friends but they're amazing pastors as well and they love people with just an amazing love that comes from god and that that shows in everything that they do the way that they do church and uh, I love that they're visionaries, and we're just honored to be on this journey with them. Yeah. We're, we're all on the journey together, and yeah. it's such an amazing opportunity, and it's exciting, something to be yeah. excited about. Yeah. So um, can we just stand and honor them and just give them a big, warm welcome, exchange welcome as they come? Come on. the nicest oh my gosh we love you Chris and Mal do you guys like you should be so thankful that you have Chris and Mal because they're like you know yeah give them I I feel like you guys can show them some love they're just yeah you guys are really blessed they're incredible human beings and they really do love you guys so much and they're pour your, they'll, they will continue to pour their lives out to serve you and to lift the name of Jesus high. And, and you couldn't ask for better than that, hey? I'm going to try not to turn my back to you guys. Hey, boo. <laughs> you were, you're busy, so I just hey, took boo. over. <laughs> Oops. No, for real, though, it's such a, an honor and a privilege to be here tonight. I just want to say that from the get-go. Like, it's such privilege just to like be at the back and worship with you guys you know I think you can tell a lot about a group of people you know when it comes to ministry by how worship is you know and just to be in the room and worshiping and seeing like so many people worshiping really coming alive in worship like that's just huge and so um, man I'm just blessed to be here we're both just blessed to be here but you guys have got the greatest Young adults pastors in the world. They're on out. They're on the journey, and we're also on the journey. We're all learning, you know. And these guys are stepping up, and they keep stepping up, keep stepping up, keep stepping up. And really, it's just a, a just a just faithfulness, you know. They yeah. just continue to be faithful, and um, you can see God's blessing all over this. And um, yeah. yeah, it's an extension of our house, and I love it because. You know, you walk in these doors and you feel exactly the same thing you feel on a Sunday. You feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit's here and like this is a house worshipping. It's part of our house, but it's our house. Does that make sense? So um, we're so excited to be here tonight. We're talking about relationships, everyone. Come on. They brought in the heavy artillery for this one. This could be awesome. Get the authority. I'm excited for the question time. But hey, it's going to be fun, and we're going to, um, we're going to enjoy it, you know, and, and church should be enjoyed, not endured. It should be fun. There's nothing better for a father than to hear his children laughing and enjoying their time in his house. And so it's the same when it comes to church. So anytime church feels like it's a beatdown, you should be looking around and say, what am I doing? Because church is not for a beatdown, it's for a build-up. And so um, tonight's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And I really believe God's going to use his word to speak to people. So should we pray? I think you should pray because you're so beautiful. (laughs) Well, in that case. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Uh, We really love you, Jesus. And and we want to just lift you up right now and put you in first place in our hearts, God, and just stop and shift our focus towards you, God. And before we've said anything else, say to you, God, have your way in our hearts. God, would you just soften places that have become hard? And God, would you tear down walls that aren't meant to be there? And um, God, would you just have your way in us tonight? 
Um, we don't want to do any of this if it's not with just authenticity, God, and, and just an openness to who you are and what you want to do in our lives, no matter where we are on the journey, God. I know you have a word for each of us, and I know that you want us to, every single one of us to walk out of here tonight with a life shift that's happened. So, God, we just say yes to you, and we ask you to have your way in our lives. And it's in your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do you want to do you want to tell our story first? Do you want to read scripture first? We need to talk about that. Mm. Would you guys like to know our our love story? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do that first. Or do you want to read God's word? <laughs> or do you want to? That's an unfair question. <laughs> that's that. It's just that's not right. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Yeah, let's tell our story first. Okay. All right. It's kind of hard to go there after you, we read God's word. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's not bad or anything. Wow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. It really doesn't matter. Let's just tell our story. That's Great. not in the notes. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, um, so let's tell our story. I mean, that's, that's a good, let's, let's just do that. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I just need so to you know, this is how our actual right lives track. are. <laughs> this is not a one-time thing. What's okay. That? This is just how we are, I feel like. This is a glimpse into our real life. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So we've been married for 12 years, going on 13 this year, which is like, I know we look so young, it's hard to believe. Um, So we've been dating for like 14 years, I guess. So I feel like, yeah, a long time ago, I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was nannying for a a couple. And I was changing diapers on the back of a tour bus. (laughs) It was about as awesome as it sounds, but it was awesome, actually. Um, And I ended up going to Australia um, with one of my friends who was traveling with with a guy who was playing at Hillsong Conference. So I ended up there. I'm not going to tell this part of the story completely, but basically God made a way because a a man on the street and like late one Sunday night when we were joking around trying to make money gave me $1,000 that paid for my plane ticket to get there. So that's just a whole God thing in itself to get me to you, baby. (laughs) So um, I ended up in Australia um, where I went to Hillsong Conference and the weekend after was in Bondi Beach and I met Maddie with a friend at a cafe called La Paris Go. It doesn't make sense that it's called that still to me. Go to Paris. La Paris Go. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you want to take it from there? What was it like when I walked through the doors? <laughs> wow. I mean, I can tell I you what it was like I for feel me. Like I've not been set up for a win <laughs> in this moment right here. Uh, you let me go first. The so. earth stopped rotating. <laughs> Time just stopped. Yeah. Just like there was this wind that was just like moving <laughs> through the doorway as you were coming in. It was just... <laughs> and I remember just thinking there were two things that re- I remember about this moment. Two things. Well, the first was like, I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> that was the first thing. And the second thing I remember was, I was like, I, this feels like so normal, you know? And, and, like, I just, the reason I want to say that is because, like, I think sometimes, you know, when you're single, you're just waiting for this, like, aha moment, you know, where it's just, like, like everything just lights up and there's, like, signs going up everywhere and it's, like, fireworks going off. And, but God works in our everyday, amen? And, and I've said this from the platform before, but I was sitting in the same place I sat in every Saturday morning for, for years, with my best friend Joel, he and I were best friends, and we would, ha- we would hang out all the time when I wasn't working, and we went to the same place every Saturday morning. We'd have breakfast together, we'd start our Saturday, and we'd hang out, and, um, and then in walks Jewel this one Saturday, and um, that was the beginning of everything for us. Mm-hmm. So from there, we uh, spent a bit of time together that, t- that day, and then um, I think the next day we hung out again, and then you went back to America the following day. You guys want to know how we got my information? It wasn't like, it was like MSN Messenger back then. <laughs> so we got like my MSN Messenger name and my email like, what? and my phone number written down in his moleskin notebook because it wasn't like he typed it in your phone then. It was just like, he like wrote it down. I wonder if we still have that. Probably not. 
My God, that would be real sweet. What if we had props tonight? <laughs> Look. <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone what happened next? Well, this is real funny. We, I, when I landed at LAX, I was staying with my friend for a week, and we were driving out of the airport. <laughs> so sometimes there are signs because this happened to me. It was right when that movie called Stealth came out, and everybody in Australia calls him Stealth. That's how he introduced himself to me. He was like, hey, I'm Stealth. And I was like, I'm not calling you that. What's your real name? That's a true story. <laughs> it's true. I was like, no. <laughs> it was, yeah. So anyways, everybody calls him Stealth, and we're driving out of LAX, and I'm not kidding you. It was like the only billboards, like four or five, leaving the airport terminal said Stealth. <laughs> like every single one, and I was like, huh? I didn't even know that was a movie. I was just like, well, that's weird. Um, yeah. So then I got home, and uh, Maddie called me but that I day. I landed. You. Yeah. You called me. I called you. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning. It was. That was the beginning. <laughs> and I just, I say that, I make, uh, great. punctuate that a little bit, because guys, you got to <laughs> step out and do something sometimes. Yeah. You're single. You're ready to mingle. <laughs> Got to make something happen sometimes, okay? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it means a step of faith. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means I'm going to put myself out there a little bit. But unfortunately, what we see so much these days is sometimes guys just think, well, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit there and just, yeah. you know, hide behind a phone or, you know, hide behind a text message or whatever. But sometimes you really got to step out and just go for it. And I did. I remember that was a big, big deal for me calling her. She was on the other side of the world in a country I'd never been to, knew nothing about. Like, L Los Angeles, no idea where that is, you know, like, no idea what, what that even is about. Sounds cool. Um, and then I called her, and then I just kept calling. And uh, I think Every she, day, every single every day, day, until I moved back, he called me. Yeah. And I was actually in L.A., and my friend that I was staying with was trying to set me up with her brother. So before I left, she was trying to set me up with her brother, and I got back, and I was, he called me. I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> I'm going with this guy. <laughs> so it actually did matter that, that he called, you know. Um, but, yeah, so we talked every single day for, like, almost three months, I guess, two months. And he just kept saying, just come back. It'll be fine. It'll work out. <laughs> that was risky. In hindsight, that was maybe a bit risky. So I did. Um, <laughs> God totally provided, and I did go back, and I and I lived there for a few months, and then I went to Hillsong College, and then... Via a lot of trust from Jill's amazing parents, Billy and Phyllis. Hey, thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I actually asked them if it was okay, and, and they said yes, and I was like, oh, boy, that was kind of my out. Because <laughs> I was nervous, obviously. And I also was real, um, I, not naive, but I just, I didn't want to... I guarded my heart a lot, so I just, as I was going, I kept going, oh, he doesn't like me. Australians are just really nice. And then my, fr my, my friend would be like, but he says love, like, okay, love, or like he says all these little phrases that kind of tell me that he likes you. And I'm like, no, 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 he doesn't. He's just, Australians are like that. <laughs> Turns out he did like me. <laughs> it's good because I liked him too. Anyway. Um, that's, I mean, that's kind of it. Right? That's kind of the That's story. That's the gist of it. We got married after like 10 months of dating or something. Mm -hmm. She came back to Australia. Uh, she did Bible college, and um, we had church. And that was the thing as well about her coming back was it wasn't just she was coming back for me, even though it meant that we could date. Mm. But there was still purpose attached to what she was going to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and even me knowing that, that gave me a lot of comfort that she was still able to pursue what God had for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, Jill is an, is an amazing singer, an amazing worship leader. So I knew that I could do at least something while we were dating for her to get sort of, you know, plugged into the right team at church and all that sort of stuff. So we just dated. And then pretty soon I made the phone call to her dad and said, and her mum. <laughs> mum jumped on when dad <laughs> figured out what was happening. <laughs> and, um, and then six months later we got married here in St. Augustine. Get this. We had the ceremony twist. here. Plot twist. The reception was at the armory. <laughs> we still have the pictures. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we have been married for 12 years, and um, going on 13 this year, and it's it's been so great, so wonderful. Not without challenges, and we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. 
not without um, you know us having to really grow together. Mm. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing about about relationships is just committing to to growth. You know, relationships. You know, they're, they're either dying or they're growing. You know, mm. it's like anything in life. You're either committed to it or you're not. And um, and so that's uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And hopefully, God will allow us to speak into your lives. And the Holy Spirit will flow through us into you, and, and you'll be able to take something away tonight. That's my prayer for tonight: is that is that Jill and I will be able to at least just deposit something, and ultimately it's God depositing it in you that will help you on the journey. That's why we come to church, Amen. We come to church to be built up, but we come to church to get better. And this is one thing I could say to young people, just not just about relationships, but in life generally, is just stay teachable. Stay as teachable as you can. Be open to receive every week at church. Be open to what your leaders are saying. Stay teachable. Stay open. Just don't allow yourself to get closed off because, um, because that's certainly not, that, that will stunt your growth very, very quickly as a believer in life. So should I read the text? Does that sound good? Cool. Ephesians chapter 5. I just wanted to, to, to base tonight out of that. We wanted to base it out of that tonight. Ephesians chapter 5 is kind of the gold standard for for marriage relationships, but it paints a picture between uh, of of the the church and of the relationship between the church and Jesus, and then how we correspond as believers as Christians to that picture, how that relates to us. So I'm just going to read it. It's quite a bit, um, but I'm just going to just going to read through it. But like I said, this is this is God's standard for relationships. So it says this: and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral, impure, who is covetousness, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And he goes on, he says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things, speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the, what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. I love that we did that tonight. Giving thanks always and for everything to, to God the Father in the name of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. And it gets into sort of some, some relationship stuff here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now as Christ, uh, sorry, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendour, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's powerful right there. He who loves, loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Like I said, this is the gold standard 
Wouldn't you agree? Like this is the this is the word of God, painting the picture of marriage and how the marriage is no different to Jesus and the church, the bride of Christ. And I never want to skip over this. I never want to minimize the word of God. I never want to try to push it to the side and come in with sort of some other ideal. The word of God is the word of God. And we as a church, we're always going to preach the word of God. It's just who we are. And so I just wanted to talk just real quickly and then Jill's going to jump in. And then we're going to do some fun Q&A, which I'm looking forward to. But I just wanted to start off by saying this. Great relationships, they don't happen overnight. Okay? They don't happen overnight. They're, they're actually built on foundations. And foundations, if you think about it, even in the natural sense, laying a foundation takes time. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It takes time. And it takes work. And it takes planning. And it takes intentionality. But great relationships are built on foundations. The type of foundation, though, is your choice. The type of foundation you build your relationships in life, all relationships, it's your choice. And see, that's the beautiful thing about this walk with Jesus that we're all a part of. It's all based on choice. No one made you come here tonight. No one makes you come to church on Sunday. No one makes you go to work on a Monday morning, even though it feels like maybe the bank does or the credit card company or whatever. But really, life is a choice. And relationships are a choice. I wonder what type of foundation you're building your relationships on. Is it a cultural, societal or moral code, which you like. So a cultural code would be something like the culture we live in here in the southeast. There's sort of like a code that you could adapt and try to use as your foundation for a relationship. The society is sort of like, you know, what we're bound as a society, the, the people who make the laws and all that sort of stuff. Like you want to use that foundation, so there's, there's an option. Uh, the moral code which really is just sort of our code of ethics or maybe some of the moral values that have been passed down from from maybe another generation to you you could base your relationships on that or you could just do whatever you want to do you know you could do whatever you think is right and sadly a lot of people try to do that because they just want to be free free thinking and free spirited and you know i'm just going to come up with my own way of doing things and sadly so often that ends in heartbreak sadly so often that ends in in, in, in fractured relationships. So we can, we can choose all those foundations, but I don't know about you, but I want to choose the greatest foundation that there is, which is God. Yeah. When it comes to my relationships, I want to base them on the foundation that is His Word, that is true, tested, proven, you know, will never return void. We can build our relationship on God's Word because we can, we can choose that or we can choose the convenient route. But convenience, can I just say, convenience in life, having been married now for 12 years, if we had a chosen convenience over time, convenience leaves just as fast as it comes. Convenience, it's one of those things like, it's just taking the easy road. That option, you know, it just leaves as fast as it came. And you turn around and you're like, man, what am I building on? What's left for me to build on? But I want to build my relationships on the most solid foundation available which is God's Word. And we're going to apply that, hopefully, that principle to tonight and what we're talking about. In Jesus' name. Um, let's see. Um, I know. I'm sharing with you. Oh, look, I don't even have to move it. I can just turn the table. Convenience. <laughs> hey! Uh-oh. Um... Yeah, so I just wanted, I wanted to read out of uh, Mark 12. Let me see here. This is when um, Jesus is being asked um, basically about what it's like to follow, what does it look like to follow him. Um, And he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And with all your strength, and this is the second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. <clears throat> and I just wanted to kind of talk for a minute because when you read that Ephesians scripture, it's really, it's actually really important for us to read through that, even though it feels a little brutal <laughs> sometimes when you read it, you're like, I'm a failure. <laughs> sometimes when you read those scriptures, you're like, whoa. Wow, okay, just life assessment moment. Um, 
But you know, when we read that, what we can know that as we read it and as we're assessing where we're at, Jesus loves you and he loves you right where you are. And the only reason that we live with that conviction in our spirit is to take us from where we've been to where he's calling us to go. It's not to make you feel guilty. Guilt is from the pit of hell. That's, that keeps you stepping backwards and it makes you walk around with the heaviness. And Jesus came so that you could live freely and lightly. That's like, like Tim said before, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're feeling anything heavy, <clears throat> that's not from the Lord. Um, and he actually wants to lift things off of you. But sometimes you have to f realize that there's a weight on you to allow him to lift it off of you. And, and then the other side of that is you can't start writing down a list of like, okay, if I'm going to be a good Christian, <clears throat> these are the 25 things that I have to accomplish and do right and perfect every single day. The point is, is that we acknowledge that there is a holy and right way to live. But the way to get there isn't by trying, because that looks like the Old Testament and the law where we work for it. The way to get there is go, God does actually want this from me. We can pretend like he doesn't, and, you know, that's, <laughs> you do you. But, I mean, he does actually want us to be like him. He said, be holy, therefore, as I am holy. But he doesn't want us to work for it, to get there and strive and spend our lives feeling like we're failing, because that's what happened in the Old Testament. That's why Jesus came. So if we're still living that way, we're actually, we haven't received the gift of Jesus because he covered all of that with his blood and he made, he's, there, he is between us and God the Father and, and God sees us through the lens of Jesus. When we say we're covered in the blood of Jesus, it's not some like creepy, what's that weird movie where she's got all the blood and stuff and, yeah, that one. It's not like that. I don't watch those because I'm a <laughs> I don't either. I just seen the previews and they really freak me out. <clears throat> but anyways, when that preview comes on, I'm like, like, away. Um. Actually, I do that. It's really, though I hate those movies. Um, anyways, it's not like that. What's happening is if you imagine like stained glass, it's like there's a filter that, that we're seen through and it's the blood of Jesus. And because of that filter, we therefore stand before God as righteous and we're allowed to come into his presence. Okay, so that's what we, that's how we live this out is knowing that Jesus has covered us. So our job is then therefore to be more like Jesus and then that's where the scripture comes into play. The two greatest commandments are to love God and to love others. So if you're like, I want to be more like that, I want to do the things that God wants me to do, just start loving God. Yeah. Start putting him first in your life. That's how, you, that's how it gets simple for you. That's how we simplify all of the rules and all of the things that we're worried we're going to miss. We just love God. And then we love others. And if you, I feel like it doesn't matter what you're struggling with, like literally anything, whatever your season looks like, anything massive or like if you feel like it's really little, God wants to know it all, but he just wants you to put him right in front of it, right in front of you so that everything you see, if you think about the blood of Jesus being the filter Everything you see, if you can see through what God has done for us and what he can do and what he wants to do for you, it changes your perspective, right? So if you're like waiting on somebody to show up and ask you out on a date, if you're like, dear God, by Thursday, that would be great because I don't want to spend another Valentine's Day alone. Galentine's Day, no thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's cute though. It's a cute idea. You should go to Galentine's Day if you don't have, you know, whatever. It's all fun, but I'm just saying, if you're like, dear God, this is what I really want, we have to learn to go, but I'm just going to love you first and then trust that because you love me, you're going to give me what I need when it's the right time. But this, it's all a choice. So if we want to build our lives on this foundation that's God's word and we want to live by his word which is to do all of the things in Ephesians 5 but through the filter of I'm going to love God and love people and let him teach me where I need to just say yes God every time he he highlights something in my life that I'm like oh man yeah I kind of felt like that probably needed a change at some point now you're highlighting it to me so this is the moment when I get to choose I'm either going to say yes God or I'm going to kind of like push it to the side and pretend like I didn't really hear you and wait for you to bring it up like 20 more times this week so I know that I heard you. There's just like this moment in our lives, right, that we always get to say yes to God or pretend like we didn't hear him. Most of us wouldn't brazenly say no because that wouldn't be super like 
like it wouldn't be a good kid, you know, if you did that. But, but like the good, those of us that are like people pleasers, we're like, I'm not going to like say no to God. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear him. <laughs> I mean, that's real, right? I mean, that's, re- that's what I was like because I was people pleaser. So I thought, well, I won't say no. I just won't respond like text messages and most of us and like RSVPs. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyways, all of that to say, um, we do actually need to choose to build our lives on the foundation of the word of God. We do actually need to acknowledge when we read a scripture like Ephesians 5 and God is like, like poking all these places you hadn't acknowledged in a while and you're like, ouch, and then, and then realize that it's from a place of love from, from a God in heaven who loves you and then just start going, all right, I'm just going to, instead of writing down my list of yeses and nos and rules and regulations, I'm just going to start choosing to say yes to putting God first. And then every time he highlights something to me and says, I really want you to do this, I'm just going to say yes. And like that simplifies that whole process, right? So when somebody, a guy or girl walks into your world and you're like, I'm actually just so desperate to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend right now that I feel like they'll be all right. <laughs> they'll be okay. And God says, no, it's not the one. You go, okay, been waiting for a while. I was kind of hoping you would say yes, but you said no. And it might not even be because they're like not a great person. They might be awesome. And God might still say, nope, not the one. And, and you got to have that in you where you're like, okay. Or when you're in a relationship and God is like, mm, you guys are both great, but this isn't going somewhere healthy. You need to reassess. You're like, okay, yes, God, I will. Or you're married and, and God highlights something in your marriage that's really unhealthy. Instead of going, I'm going to be prideful and wait for them to recognize it and tell, say sorry to me, you just go, all right, let's, all right, God, yes. How do you want, what do you want to do with this? So a big series of surrenders and yeses. So it's, good. Yeah. Well, you're going to do something. You're going to do what, my 20s. I think that would be really cool. <laughs> she wrote down a list of things like what would I tell myself. In my 20s. <laughs> and I really like it. It's kind of random, but I'm kind of random, so that's okay. Also, can I just tell you this? I, I had this meme pop. I, I read this meme the other day online, and I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. In regards to hearing from God, because I know sometimes we're like, I don't know how to hear from God. There is like, the more time you spend in the word of God, the more that you'll start to recognize his voice. And the more that when he asks you to do something and you say yes, and you see the fruit of your yes, you'll be like, oh, no, yeah, no, I'm confident because I've said yes before and God came through. So it gets easier and easier to like just say yes to him. But there's this meme, and and I think Kellyanne, one of my good friends, put it up the other day, and it just said... um, don't tell me God is silent when your Bible is shut. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> kind of like got me good because I've been like, I don't know, I don't hear God right now in this moment. And your Bible's like sitting closed on your, like, oh, my bad. Anyways, that has nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you. I just thought it was awesome. You can tuck that away. <laughs> um, so here's some things I would tell myself in my 20s. Um, you can't rush God. You, like, you can't hurry him along because you're impatient. It doesn't work that way. His time is his timing. And even though you might think that you're hurrying him because you're, like, impatiently tapping at his leg, he might actually make you, make you wait longer. When my kids, like, hurry me along, I'm like, mm, you want to hurry me? You can wait an extra 10 minutes because I'm not going to be rushed because I know what's good for them, right? So sometimes I think we're like, I'll just hurry him along. And maybe if I'm like a squeaky wheel, God will get to me sooner. You're not in like a queue or a line of people that God is waiting to get to. He's actually with you all the time. And he knows exactly what's happening in your world and exactly what you need. So you don't even need to try and rush him. In fact, you'd probably enjoy your life more if you just enjoyed your season. So... (laughs) Um, so second, what he has for you or what he has for you is better than what you try and make for yourself. Also, you steal the goodness of the gift giving if you try to open the surprise or the gift early. So if you imagine God like holding a pile of gifts for your life and he's like waiting to surprise you in every season and go, I'm, I've got all of these things prepared for you and they're actually incredible and we're, like, just trying, like, to, like, little kids at Christmas to find the closet where, like, the presents are buried. And I just think, like, there's something in that that says we can't wait for the surprise. Like, let's not steal the joy of God giving us gifts because we're just trying to find out what they are. 
And you're like, is this the one? Is he the one? Is he the one? Is he going to ask me for, for, do you think we'll go for coffee? You know? <laughs> and you get so weird about everything that, like, you don't just enjoy the moment. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, or, or every day is marriage. Or, like, it's just too much. Like, and we can't just relax and enjoy our season. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, my next one. Relax more. Enjoy your season. <laughs> if you're frustrated with your season, learn patience. And learn how to find the good even in the tough seasons. And that'll be something that if you can do now, will actually set you up for a win later in life. Because your whole life, are gonna, it's going to be full of seasons. You're going to keep cycling through season after season. And when you're alone, and you can kind of retreat and let God speak to you in your season and learn how to be okay and to find the good and hear God's voice in every season and grow in every season... Then when you do that alongside somebody, it's actually a lot better and a lot easier because you're both not freaking out trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. You're like, I've been here before. I know we can just trust God. I know we can keep sowing in. And it just it sets you up for your a whole journey, a whole journey of life as you add more into your life, a husband, kids, you know, a job, a career, whatever it is that keeps coming into your life. Life just gets bigger. So in a moment, maybe right now, where you feel like, you're by yourself trying to figure something out, can I just encourage you to enjoy that and hear from God and, like, love that time where you can, like, have simplicity and just wait and, and hear what God is teaching you because you're going to add things into that later. And um, I don't, this is just a big win this season of life, I feel like, that you guys are in. Um, get the basics right. This is the next one. You can't write your life's thesis before you've lived your life. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers, you know. Um, I feel like sometimes I was living my my 20s trying to figure out what my whole life was going to look like. And, and really, I just needed to be, like, living my days well. I know there's a theme happening here, but, like, just enjoying my days that God has set before me. Because we don't know how many there are, first of all. Um, but also, I don't need to try to write my whole life's thesis and how it was gonna, how I'm like good and I've got got it together and I'm ready for everything when I haven't even like really lived my life yet. And I still feel like that now. I don't have to have all the answers, you know, for 20 years down the road. Um, yeah, this is the last one. Um, there's a recipe to your best life, and if you skip steps, you won't get the same results. So if you think of, like, baking a cake or cooking something, if you, if you want to get to the end faster, so you skip doing things properly, you're not going to get the same result at the end. You might get something at the end, but it's not going to be what was in the recipe that was meant to be created to, to its fullest and to its best. It doesn't mean you're not going to get the thing you're after. It just means it might not be, like, the best, you know? And I think that's what life is like. If we skip steps trying to hurry the process along or we we do it our way instead of God's way, we might get a result. But, like, at the end of the day, we're just robbing ourselves, right? Yeah. Like, God is still God. He's he, he doesn't change. He's, like, offering us the best. And it just feels like, why would we rob ourselves of that? If we have the choice to say yes to him and, like, end up with this amazing, adventurous God life that's full of his goodness... All he wants is our yes. It's, it's so simple, but yet it's not, is it? <laughs> but it is. So good. Cool. Well, we want to answer a few questions. Um, there's mm -hmm. been a few, like, preloaded questions in here that have been given to us. Um, we'll just have to see how we go with time. There's quite a few, which is cool. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I think w we just want to really you know, just, like, talk about this because I think at this age to get great teaching from the Word of God is only going to help. It's only going to help you take the next step. Just out of interest, who in here is already married? A few? Good crew, good crew. Uh, who in here is dating? Who in here is single? Hold them up nice and long. Take a good look around. Take a good look. Stand up if you want to. Okay, okay, oh, okay. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, question number one. You ready? This is a doozy. 
Question number one, who's ready? This is a good one. How far is too far? <laughs> oh! Come on, who wrote that? <laughs> Liz. Off you. Answer, answer, answer the question, babe. Listen, I feel like if you're asking that question, you're probably trying to get as humanly close to the line as possible, and that's just not going to end well. You know what I'm saying? Because we're people, and you were created to like be together. So if you're trying to get close to the line, you're going to be like launching over it at some point. So I would say... Put God at the center. If you can't talk about Jesus while you're doing something, it's probably not okay. You know what I'm saying? If you can't, like, switch to a God conversation in the middle of your moment, then you probably need to reassess. <laughs> right? I mean, okay, great. <laughs> I'm not saying we ever did that perfectly. I'm just saying from experience, you will jump the line, right? Too much? Okay. <laughs> I think... Everyone with that question is looking for a natural answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for the natural. Give me the rules. Give me, give me the, give me the blueprint. Give me the, give me the instructions for the whole this whole deal as a Christian. Um, can I just say that humanity, humanity, human, human nature, all of us, what's inbuilt because of the fall. So much goes back to Genesis one. Mm. I don't have time for it right now, but so much of it goes back there. And what we try to do is we try to answer everything with a natural question. Mm. But, the, but the real question is, what's happening in the spiritual? Because mm. if you're worried about the limitations in the natural, you're too focused on that. Right. What's happening in your spiritual life? Right. And I think, like, truthfully, Jill's right. Like, how close are you to Jesus? Because mm. if you're so close to Jesus, you start to forget about all those things. And you start to live your life the way that God wants you to live. And so I think it's actually, when I, when I saw that question, I was just like, wow, natural, spiritual. There's always two conversations going on. People have heard me say this yeah. before. There's a natural conversation happening. What's the spiritual conversation? Because I know what I'm more interested in is the spiritual one. Can I just add on to that? If you find yourself in a relationship where you like cannot control yourselves, then you should probably think about getting married. <laughs> And if you don't want to get married, then you should probably think about how that affects your relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's, yeah. Anyways. Next question. (laughs) Hopefully there's Uh, no awkward conversations happening after (laughs) the exchange tonight. What does, next question, what does the Bible say about dating around? That's a good question. The answer is the Bible doesn't say anything about dating around. Can I be practical for a moment? How are you going to actually really get to know someone properly if you got distractions? You know, how how are you gonna how are you gonna actually get to know someone, like on a serious level? Just being for real, like this is. It's just it's I don't see how that practically that can work. Yeah. You know, and again, I'd be in that moment asking the Holy Spirit to to give me some answers, which everyone should be doing on a daily basis anyway. But give me some answers here, you know, and. Um, I mean, I just think if if you're needing to date around, then, like, that's not really loving people well. Because if you, like, that's confusing. It's confusing to date around. It just is. There's no, I don't think it's ever not confusing. You can pretend like you're cool with it. But it's just not cool. If you, if you invest time with somebody, then just invest that time with them. Wait for a yes or no from God. And don't be trying to, like, get you a side hustle just in case this one doesn't work out and there's something better around the corner. That tells me that yeah. you're like, that you're, you're willing to like trade up to somebody when, when you value people, you just, that's just not how you yeah. are. You're like, actually, you're amazing. So I'm going to give you my attention until God says no. And then I'm going to wait for him to give me somebody else. Not I'm going to find somebody else just in case. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say, I'll just jump in this as a guy. When it comes to, you know, a lady I don't care what culture this world thinks we're living in now with Tinder and all these apps and social media and all that sort of stuff. A lady is still a lady, and she wants to feel cherished. And so if, if you've got a guy who's seeing other people at the same time, personally, I just think you should have high standards. I just think you should have high standards. You say, well, if, you know, if you're not willing to give your attention to me and just me, then that's cool. I'm going to go work on myself, and I'm going to be all right. 
and everything's going to be fine. But I just, I would question that societal norm that we live in today, which says, you know, grab an app, swipe whatever way you swipe and do your thing. It's like, no, like I'm a real person and I desire real relationship. And it doesn't matter what the profile pic is or what the comment, it doesn't matter. Um, I just, I know that girls want to feel cherished and, you know, trading around is just, you would have never put up with that. (laughs) No. <laughs> That's truth. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, next question. We should just jump down to this one. Okay. Um, somebody just said, asked online dating or no, everyone has an opinion. <laughs> it's true. Everybody does have an opinion. We're, I'm not against it. I don't really understand it because I haven't had to do it. But I would just say use wisdom, which is biblical, you know, because there's like smart things like don't meet somebody somewhere that's not super public and like, don't be fallen with your heart before you've met with your eyes. And like, you know what I'm saying? Be smart about it. Be wise about it. And then just be aware that you don't know somebody at all. You have no idea of their character. You have no reference for their life, where they came from, what they might be hiding. I'm not saying that to scare you, but I kind of am. You know what I mean? Like you have to be, be wise and trust that God can do something another way too. So I'm not saying no. I'm just saying be wise. Um, what's a practical way to keep God at the center of your relationship? How do you live that out? (laughs) We just said, (laughs) this happens a lot. What, we had that, what conversation? Um, we just were saying, how a really good way if you want God to be at the center of your relationship is go to church together, then talk about what God said to each of you at church together, show up to things like the exchange together, have community together, you know what I mean? Like, just include God in, like you would with anybody, like your friends, you know, in your everyday life, you're going to have that conversation. If you feel weird about talking to somebody about God that you're dating, probably not a good person to date. Or maybe just be their friend and, like, bring them to church and have conversations as a friend and then see where it, it goes. Yeah. And I think um, I'll just jump in and say again for the guys, you lead the charge. Mm. You want to keep God at the center of your relationship? You, you, you make it happen. Yeah. It's the truth. Like, you, you, you know, a guy who sits there and says, oh, you know, there's all these, you know, can't do this, excuse, excuse, excuse. I'm just, I, I, you can do it. You can make it happen. You can talk about what you read this morning when you read your Bible. You can talk about what you got out of the message on a Sunday. You can talk in a completely normal way about what you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to you right now. And you can make it a part of your life. We live in a culture that's like, oh, that's weird. And you guys are weird Christians. Whereas I would say, no, you're the weird one because you're not a Christian. And... So let's, come, let, let's go to church, and you can see what this whole thing's about. I think, it, I think we need to be the type of young people that are not afraid to talk about this stuff yeah. and not afraid to just, you know, like Jill and I, like we, we, we always do this. Like we always pray together on a Sunday before church. Before, before we get out of the truck, we pray. Um, we both read our Bibles. We talk about what we read. We talk about what we get out of the message. We talk about um, what we feel like God is doing because – you know, the Holy Spirit's a real thing. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us in every area, at every, any time, all the time. And I just say, just, just keep bringing God into your world. As a guy, that's the greatest thing you can do. If you keep just bringing Him in your world, it's amazing how the, either you girl, the girl you're dating or the, or the, or the, the girl you're married to um, will just love that in you. It's such an attractive quality. And, um, yeah, that, that's how you bring it in the center. You just make it happen. <laughs> um, next one. Let's go down to what what is a good indicator that your heart is ready to be in a relationship? Um, just because I think that's a pretty quick answer. Um, wait till God says yes. Because you don't really know when you're ready. Or you might be ready and the person might not be right. So it really is more just learn to go, Is God, is this a yes or a no? And then if he says no, don't go, well, why? Just <laughs> say, okay. Can because I, I, it's, yeah, it can be simple. Can I give you a hint too? Go to your covering. Mm, that's really good. Go to your leader. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you have a relationship with Chris and Mal or one of the other leaders here or, or mm-hmm. whoever it is, like your, 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 your covering, they will help you answer that question mm-hmm. very quickly. Why? Because your covering knows who you are. They disciple you. 
They lead you. They're in your world, constantly talking to you about what's going on. And if you want to know where your heart's at, whether or not you're ready, that's a simple, simple one. Um, I think if you distance yourself from your covering when you're making that decision, something's going on. (laughs) If you distance yourself and you do that thing where it's just like, oh, you didn't know that I was dating that person? Oh, cool. Yeah, we've been been dating for three months. It's like, (laughs) what's happening right here? Because if you understood how covering works, you would be all over me asking questions about that. And then we'd, we'd, we'd be working it out together. Mm. So. Um, is there a one for a person? Was <laughs> this for is me. one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how you know it's the one. Are you ready? This is big. Just, I'm going to write a book around this. Just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to write a book. You know it's the one when you are standing in front of your friends and your family and making a covenant before God that you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody. That's how you know it's the one. And that all begins from kind of where we've been talking about all everything that we've talked about tonight, learning to say, wait for God to say yes, learning to hear from God and going, this is a God thing, hearing, like having covering over you that says along the journey, this is good, like we... Like, we're cheering you guys on or going, hey, there's something not healthy in this. I think you need to check that out. But but the one doesn't happen until you're standing in front of God and family and you're saying, this is, like, the rest of my life. Because until then, it's just a feeling or, like, a, I think this is really good or you're kind of moving forward on the journey. But the one doesn't happen until that covenant is made. Yeah, and I would just add this. Um, for those that are dating and thinking about getting married, um, marry for passion but absolutely make sure you marry for purpose. Mm. Ma- marry with purpose in mind. Because yeah. there's three different types of love. There's, there's hot love, right? Hot love where it's just, it's passionate. You guys, there's chemistry. It's amazing. You guys, you know, that, that's, that's, that's there. There's warm love where you're just kind of going through life. You're getting stuff done. You know, you're maybe you work well together or, you know, you, th- 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 where life's happening. But then there's this, mm. this thing called cold love. And cold love is covenant love. Mm. And covenant love is when you say, it doesn't matter what I feel like right now. We're doing this thing together. Yeah. doesn't matter how upset I am at this situation or maybe what you just said to me or what, what just happened. But covenant love is purposeful love. Yeah. There's purpose attached to it. So I would just say, if you're thinking about marriage, remember those two things, passion and purpose. Yeah, Without the purpose, you could find yourself in a very tricky situation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that you can work through. There's grace for. There's, there's, there's people that are in our church to help you with all that sort of stuff. Um, but that's just a hint. Marry for passion and purpose. Look at your lives together and say, is there purpose here? Is God in this? You know, has he, are we called to do this together? And, um, and that, I think, coupled with, with passion and chemistry and every, all, the, all the good stuff really helps. And you, you guys can face the future together, and it's amazing. Does that make sense? Um, I thought we should hit this one just because I know there's some married crew in here. Mm -hmm. After the honeymoon stage or being married, how do you keep your love alive? (laughs) This is actually really helpful if you're not married yet, too, because one day you will be asking this question. Um, And and I guess the answer is that we we just date. We still date. And we've had to find like there's been seasons where we're like we actually just need to go and have fun together like stupid fun that we like that we used to have instead of like going on these like formal dates because we're grown-ups now we just need to go and do something dumb together and like laugh and have fun and i think that's how you keep love alive even in if you've been dating for a really long time you know, like you have to be able to, it has to be fun. You have to bring back the joy that was there. Think about the moment that you met and what you guys used to do together. Like make it light and make it fun. And if you're dating or you're going to be dating or there's somebody you're starting to date, just keep it light and fun, you know, and like, and start there because that, that's like something that can carry you through your whole lives together. When you lose that, sometimes you're, you just feel like an old, old grown up. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> the worst <laughs> I mean like I'm, I hope that I'll be 80 years old and we'll be saying that I'm not going to be an old grown up we're going to go and do something like dumb and fun together just to like keep our our love light and alive <laughs> I feel so alive with you 
<laughs> um, yeah, I would say dating is critical. Um, you got to do that. Y- y- you know, we've had seasons where we've like got to a point and we've looked back and we've been like, what, what, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And the absolute answer is we hadn't had a date in a while. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, this always comes back to guys. Like mm-hmm. I think someone's, my, my leader said this to me one time and I, I live by it. If, if my wife has to tell me, man, we really need to go on a date. It's gone too far. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the stress test, so mm-hmm. to speak. But so what I do is a schedule get date nights and we try to be consistent about it. We're definitely not perfect about it, mm-hmm. but we just get out together alone. We have kids now, so, you know, without kids and just, just be together and hang out. Um, the other thing I would say is as you get older, you know, there can be the propensity to want to do activities alone. So I'm going into the future a little bit here for some of you, but be very careful with that as well because, you know, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but there are, there are golf courses that have caused people to get divorced. You know what I'm saying? So to go and spend, you know, there have been conversations Jill and I have had where I'd love to go and play golf for whole of a Saturday, and she's had to say no because I never see you. And we talk about it, and, you know, the truth is it's absolutely true. We only get a certain amount of time together. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with playing golf, but there have been seven times I've been like, hey, let's go play golf together. Because we need to do stuff together, and that helps us. Like, we love sailing together. That's, that's just, like, our thing. But you've got to find out what your thing is, and you've got to do it together. And I think keeping it light and fresh and just fun. Spontaneity is your friend in a marriage, you know, like it so is. Because life can, has just this way of just getting, like, okay, here we go. Another Monday, another Friday, you know, another Wednesday. And um, just keep it fresh, keep it fun. You know, we love just going out to eat, you know, all that sort of stuff, so... it unless there's something like oh drew hands up you get one you get one off the cuff oh my gosh my yeah. friend has a question yeah right <laughs> oh hey you guys gonna have some babies so i can hold them because i'm okay with that <laughs> you asking so for Drew's a asking for a friend uh, <laughs> about when is a good time to have maybe have kids. Um, well. I would say on the right side of marriage, so you got to be married. <laughs> um, Listen, I got I got a practical answer. <laughs> well, let me just tell you first of all, you're never gonna feel ready. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> and I don't think there's a real spiritual answer answer to it. God said to be fruitful and multiply. If you find yourself in a situation, this is a little bit heavier, but if you find yourself in a situation where you're not physically able to multiply, you can take in some foster babies. You can take in some um, adopted babies. Like there, you, there will be a point in your life where you need to take care of some children, whether you're the fruit of your womb or somebody else's. It doesn't really matter. Um, God will give you babies at some point. You probably won't be ready even when they show up at your door or yeah. from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We had one show up at our door when we fostered, and then we had other ones that were the fruit of my womb. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta figure out how I can get this back on track. Um, Yeah, I would say, um, I I would say, like, listen, you know, get with God on it. Like, let let Him direct you um, on when's a good time and, and all that sort of stuff. But from what I've seen, and, and speaking to seeing young people and speaking to other people and just my friends in general, like I think a good period of time after you get married is really good to just be the two of you. And I think that that period of time serves you in the future. Let me explain. So when you get two or three kids maybe in the situation, you do remember that time together, you know? And I'm not saying that in a negative way, like, like oh man, like our life sucks now. No. It's not at all. Like, having kids is incredible. Like, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. And, um, but those first couple of years are things like travel and stuff that we did and just doing life together, like getting our first apartment, um, you know, going to Ikea, no. Um, you know, like, just stuff like that. And so I think that 
you know, if I was to be, if, if, if you know, if wisdom was something that, you know, wisdom would say, you know, spend some time together. Mm. Um, and that's, um, you know, I think, so I don't think there's an absolute time period. I think you got to hear God, but use wisdom when's right, when's wrong time. And then let me hold your babies. Because <laughs> I'm not having any more. Amen. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah, I think that's it, unless there's like... Has anyone else got a question they want to ask us? Can't shake a question. I feel like we hit some pretty good ones tonight. Nice wide range. Some awkward, some not. It's how I like it. Yes. Say it again. Mm. Say it again. Yes. And I feel like that comes back to this Ephesian scripture that we read. I I feel like God has given me Maddie as my covering and it's not like a he like he's controlling me because when it's a healthy relationship, you know that it's in love. So I feel like God put Maddie in my life to help me figure out he's just he's my partner, you know? So because I know God put him in my life and I trust Maddie, I want to know what he thinks about stuff. And he's the head of our household, just like Christ is the head of the church. And so I want to know where he thinks we should go. And if I'm thinking something different than he's thinking, I defer to him because that's how covering works. That I can trust his covering. Even even if he gets it wrong, I would rather be under that covering and be be surrendered. Like as as believers and as women, we're not doormats. We choose to lay our lives down. You know, and that's a that's a God position. That's not a like I'm, it's pride is the other, I feel like pride is the other one, right? Because when you love somebody, it's not about like, you're the man, I'm the woman. And that's not how Maddie treats it. It's like, I'll give you my life. I'll lay my life down for you because I love you. And so when you put that in the context of scripture and how scripture lays it out, it only benefits me to come under that covering. And when I know that he loves me, it just, it's mutually, beautifully beneficial. If it's not healthy, however, then that's scary. And that's why you ask God to send you somebody to do life with. Yeah, I think in Ephesians it says, <coughs> you know, serve and submit are the two words. Mm. Okay, so so it says wives submit, which Jill just talked about. That's a covering thing. It's actually supposed to be an ama- amazingly releasing thing. Mm-hmm. But then it says to the men, serve your wives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as men, we've got to step up and, like, you know, being, being the spiritual head of your home carries a massive weight. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to make some big decisions in life. Yeah. You know, and ultimately what Jill's saying, she's saying, well, you know, you make the call. Like, it's your call. And it, and it, and it is my call. We do, we do life together. But what I'm trying to say is ultimately I'm responsible mm-hmm. spiritually. Does that make sense? And so I have to give account for that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's a huge, you know, you know ritual or obligation mm-hmm. or some, some sort of like unnecessary thing. But God doesn't put stuff like that on us. But he wants us to work well together. Mm-hmm. And so there, there definitely have been times, even just, you know, we feel like, oh, we should do this. You know, moving from Australia to America was one of those things where, um, you know, I wanted to wait, you know, and Jill wanted to move sooner. And um, we just talked about it. And mm-hmm. she, she, you know, she wanted to move kind of straight away. And I just said, no, I'm not comfortable doing that yet. And, um, you know, those, can we just be real? Th- those are hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're hard conversations because sometimes there are tears, sometimes there are there are moments of frustration, and sometimes there are moments where you just don't understand where the person's at. But that's doing life together. That's the best part. You know, you get to walk through those together. But the point is serving, submitting, serving, submitting, serving, submitting. But then if you take that outside of a marriage context and you're having two different, like, if you're in two different places oh, on yeah, something, yeah. then it's probably God, like, saying, hey, then you guys are probably, this is maybe not the timing for you or maybe this is not the right person or you know outside of a covenant like a covenant of marriage if you find yourself you're like this is what God is saying to me and he's like well God is saying this to me then then you guys aren't actually God's not saying the same thing to you so you're probably not supposed to be together does that make sense it's it's just it's different outside of the context of marriage Um, but I will say like that's such a touchy subject like talking about wives submitting to husbands (laughs) it's like it's taboo to even, like, talk about, I feel like, in our culture. But I just want to encourage you, like, when your husband is serving you and you're, like, 
you always say this. I'm not sure who said it first, but I'll just give you the credit. <laughs> Mar- the greatest marriages are two servants in love. That's the best marriage you can have. So when you're genuinely both love each other and want to serve each other, this is like, this is a joy to like, to be able to trust and submit is like a joy. And it's not a huge conversation in our house because I just, I trust that God set that up. When you trust God and he sets something up, you're like, cool. Even when I don't understand it, it's like everything else in life, but you said to do it. So, okay. You know? Yeah. And just back to the, the, the marriage context, it's been, it's been a really cool journey for us. When, when Jill say things like this to me, she'll say, well, if God said that to you, then he'll say that to me. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll be able to go forward. And that is massive because when you both understand that's how God's going to, he's going to say the same thing to you as he says to you. It's just powerful. Yeah. And that truly is just a picture of unity and God sort of working through both of you as one. So um, I would just listen to God again. There's so much power in just asking the Holy Spirit, where am I supposed to be at with this? Mm-hmm. And that would really be the, the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Ask the Holy Spirit, where, where, where are we at with this? And, um, and I believe he'll answer you. All right. Well, we, re- like, we love you guys. I know that we don't get to be here every week. We wish we could, honestly. But we love you guys, and we're believing that God is going to use this whatever we said, you know, I know we're, we went over a lot of different things, but there's a lot of different seasons in this room. And we're really believing that God is going to use something that you heard tonight that you can just go, that's what God said to me. So before you walk out of this room, every single one of you, I would just encourage you to go, what did you say to me tonight, God? What am I supposed to take away from this? Um, And then actually go do something with that. Because James says we're not supposed to be just hearers of the word, but doers. So, um, yeah, so be encouraged. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.